This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. So in today's episode, I have the gorgeous Stacey from Mummy Revival. She is the meal prep queen. In this episode, we're going to be talking about all things meal planning, meal prepping, and how important it is to stay organized. There are loads of practical tips that we give in this episode, so let's get stuck into it. Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have the gorgeous Stacey from Mummy Revival here with us. Hi Stacey. Hello, how's it going? Pretty good. We're going to have a really good conversation today all about meal prep, meal planning, fitness, in particular for mums. That's your jam and you are queen meal prep. So I can't wait to get stuck in to those questions that I want to ask you and get your advice. But first of all, we start off the podcast with going through our yays and nays for the week. So our yay being something that worked out really well and our nay something that didn't go to plan and didn't quite work out so well. So do you want to kick it off? Yes. Shall I start with my nay or my yay? Let's start off with your nay and end on a positive. Perfect. Okay. So my nay this week would be the fact that I have a child, my youngest, Presley. Love him to bits, but he is refusing to sleep. And it's getting to the point where I don't actually sleep in my own bed anymore. I have to sleep in his bed. (laughs) And he literally like hogs. He's got a queen size bed and he gives me, allocates the most smallest part of the bed for me. He says, you need to sleep here. So I'm getting like, yeah, I know. I'm getting told what to do by a three-year-old. And it's just getting to the point where (laughs) my sleep is getting compromised so badly. And I'm trying to figure out how I can tackle this because I just feel like it's been going on for a little while. And I'm just... It's getting to the point now where I'm just so tired and I just want to sleep in my own bed. Oh my goodness. Isn't that strange how kids can like be fine one minute and then the next minute they go into this phase, like just poor sleep where you're thinking, what the heck happened? Like we had it all sorted. (laughs) You know, three, like you've, you know, survived the newborn days, that first 12 months where sleep's really hard. And now apparently scared. And I'm like, I don't know what he's scared of. I think once that it's funny because Sunny is three as well. And it's like all of a sudden their imagination is just, it just takes off and any little thing I think they watch or they hear, they really take in. And he's been saying he gets scared as well. When you think, what could you possibly be scared about? You know, Um, but they must just, I think, imagine things in their minds. That's probably a really good point, which I didn't actually think about. But yeah, their imagination is really taking off, isn't it? Yeah. So it could potentially be they're imagining that there's monsters or they're imagining that there is something yeah. that's going on. So I'm apparently his little comfort. So that's well, my let's name. Hope that changes soon. I know. All right. And so then, what's your yay then? Yay? Yeah. Awesome. So 
today is so last week we were on holidays and I happened to get quite sick and it just meant that I wasn't able to train at all last week and training is something that I absolutely love and it is my time to just just switch off and just focus on myself and I wasn't able to do that last week. So this week I was able to get back into like my training. So I hit the gym three times. I've done, gone back into my like running again. And it just feels so nice to be able to just, again, focus on me and have that time for myself. And I am wake, I'm waking up like I'm so sore. It's only been a week off, but I'm so sore and I'm loving that feeling. So that's my yay. Isn't it funny? Like you love holidays and going away, but how good is going back to routine? <laughs> oh, I love routine. Yeah. Like it is my jam. Like I love just having, I know, like I like waking up and knowing exactly what I'm going to be doing, you know, every minute of the day. So yeah. there's something comforting in it, isn't there? Like you just know yeah. what's going to happen next. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So what is my, <clears throat> so funny. I asked you to prepare your yay and nay for this interview and I totally <laughs> forgot to prepare mine. <laughs> So I'm like thinking, what is my yay and nay? But I do have a yay and nay. Okay, so I will start with the negative as well. And that is also my three-year-old has mm. the past two weeks decided he doesn't need to eat anything besides uh, biscuits, which he requests all the time, and lollipops. And oh. by like by saying he will not eat anything, like he literally will not eat anything. Now he's putting food in his mouth and then running to the bin and spewing it out in the, in the bin and saying, yucky, I don't want to eat. And then he's grumpy because he's hungry, but he literally won't eat anything. Like even to the point he won't even have toast, like with peanut butter or like a peanut butter sandwich, which he usually always would. Doesn't want that. Doesn't want chopped fruit. I'm just like, child, you need to eat. And he's just adamant he doesn't want to so I'm not sure if it's a phase he's going through although I kind of feel like he's trying to push my buttons a little bit as well so he's just trying to see what he can get away with but he needs to eat so I'm just hoping he snaps out of it because it's like especially for me and you probably feel the same like nutrition is like really important to me and especially for my kid like feeding him well and when he just won't eat anything and I'm forced to like oh my goodness give him food that I thought I would never give him like just so he'll eat something I feel terrible I know I feel you because my kids are very very picky when it comes to eating and you like you think yes I'm gonna make this beautiful dish it's homemade and then you put it in front of them and they're just like turn their noses at it and they're like I don't want it and then you're like what like what are you gonna eat and then you tend to default to things that you know that they're going to consume but then it's like hang on are you just playing me here so you're not gonna eat it so you know that I'll give you something else yeah they're smart so smart. <laughs> oh boy. So that is my nay for the week. My yay is I just bought a micro needling pen. The brand Ooh. is called, yeah, it's called Dr. Uh, Dr. Australia or Oz. Oh no, Dr. Pen, Dr. Pen Australia, it's called. Yeah. They're a bit expensive, but if you fork out on them, they're so much cheaper than actually going and getting micro needling done each time at like a clinic. So I've done two sessions and I've just started to really, because it takes a few sessions, I think, for you to be able to see any results. But like after this second session, I've definitely seen a difference in my skin. And 
it's like it's quite noticeable. Like I'm taking before and afters because I want to track like the difference in my skin because I've got a fair bit of not a lot, but I do have a lot of sunspots and pigmentation. I'm not sure if you find that because we're olive skin, we can mm. get a lot of pigmentation yeah. on the sun. And I got more when I was actually pregnant with Sunny too. So I got it for that. But yeah, no, it's awesome. It hurts a little bit, but I've got, because it's like little needles. Yeah, it's like skin needling, yeah? Yeah, skin needling. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then how deep are you going? So you can go all the way up to, I think, two and a half millimetres. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I don't. So I'm just doing, I'm not that game. I don't think you even need to on your face. Like that would be more for like scars or like stretch marks on your body if you wanted to say get rid of those. But your face, I think you just do half a millimetre, which is what I'm doing. And some spots do hurt. Like the nose really hurts around the eyes, like sensitive areas. But I just get this numbing cream from the chemist and I numb my whole face (laughs) and then I'm good to go. Because I used to get skin needling done and it hurt. Like it hurt a lot, especially like your forehead because there's not a lot of like skin there. Yeah. Like onto the bone and it's like, oh, I don't think I could do it to myself. Well, I don't know. I think the numbing cream helps. Yeah. It it does numb your face quite a bit, which feels really odd, but I'd rather that than be in pain. It does hurt, but it's not like horrendous. Like I can deal with it. If it's a positive outcome, I'm happy to push through it. Yeah, well, that's cool. I like yeah. it. I want to see these um before, like these pro- like progress yes. photos. Stay tuned. All Very right, they are our gays and nays for this week. So let's get into it. So, Stacey, do you just want to tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about Mummy Revival, and what you do? Yes. So I am a female transformation coach. And I have an online program, which I basically aim to empower women to regain control of their health and fitness. And this is particularly focusing on women after birth, because I feel like a lot of the time we tend to forget about our own needs, especially when we have little humans that we have to look after. And we almost feel bad for taking out the time to look after ourselves. So I really want to try and help and instill, you know, help women feel better about themselves, feel more confident about themselves and do so in a way that they enjoy. Because I feel like so often people will sign up to programs and they feel as though they have to, I suppose, change their whole lifestyle. And my program isn't about that. It's literally about building habits and lifelong habits that you can then enjoy the process and therefore be able to adhere to it long-term. So it's really about just try and transform your habits a little bit and just understand nutrition in a more simpler way, because I think sometimes we can overcomplicate it a lot especially because there are so many different, you know, contradictory messages that are out there. And it's just taking it back to basics and just trying to simplify it all for, you know, ladies in particular. So you don't have to be a mum at all by any means to do my program, but it's just really about trying to empower other women and give them the knowledge they need to live a healthy, enjoyable, sustainable life. Love it. And from following your Instagram page, you get some incredible results for your girls. 
It's so yeah. good to see. And I think like the point that you raised around creating new habits, when we create new habits, that is what leads to lifelong change where you can join up to any program and within say that, I don't know, eight to 12 week program, you make some real progress. But if your habits haven't changed after the end of that program, you're just going to go back and default to your old habits. So really working on changing those beliefs around food and getting educated as well means that you can keep those results long-term. And that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Like it's, you know, there's no point of doing a program where you're going to be miserable and it's going to be unsustainable and you're told that you have to eliminate food groups that you really enjoy to eat. And then, yeah, you get results, but then where do you go from there? And my focus isn't really weight loss as such my focus is just developing you know those positive habits and then the weight loss will come because you're going to be obviously making some really positive changes but I don't want the women doing my program to be focusing on the number as such because I feel like that is quite insignificant to you know how you want to feel because if you're focusing on the feeling you're more again you're more inclined to adhere to it. I love that. That is I actually just posted on Instagram today about that around shifting your focus onto health when it comes to, you know, even if it is like you're needing to lose some weight or you're wanting to lose some weight or whether it's just you want to get fitter, feel better, shifting your focus from just focusing on the number on the scale to health is actually when you get those results. Yeah. When we focus on the number, we're taking away pretty much like the enjoyment factor because it's like, oh, I just want to lose a kilo a week or I want to lose 500 grams a week. And I don't know where these numbers come from and why people have that expectation. But sometimes, you know, it's about going, okay, how do I actually feel like I'm getting stronger? I'm getting fitter. I can run further. I can do push-ups on my toes. I can lift heavier in the gym. I'm ensuring that I'm drinking more water. I'm getting my steps up. Like they're all such positive steps in the right direction. You know, you can play with your kids at the playground. You can, I don't know, go jump on the trampoline with them and you're not getting puffed out. Like to me. Live your life. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, being able to actually enjoy your food too. Like I think that's a huge part of it. Like not thinking you have to eat boiled, you know, chicken and broccoli and that's and bland food. Like you should be able to have your soul foods, have those fun foods and know that you can incorporate them into your diet and still get results. Like, you know, it's so empowering, I think. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more because when we hear the word meal prep, some people will think straight away rice, chicken and broccoli, but you make some incredible meals that super healthy, but are delicious as well. So What do you think is the key to successfully sticking to meal prepping? Because I know a lot of people might meal prep for, you know, I don't know, a month or so they get over it. They only have a certain few meals that they know they can cook and then they get sick of it, end up just winging it or just not being consistent and following through. So what do you think is the key to being consistent when it comes to meal prepping? I think it's about doing what works for you and not 
copying what someone else is doing and going, you know what, it's working for them. So I'm just going to implement that into my life. Because at the end of the day, if it's not working for you and it doesn't work for your lifestyle, it's going to be very hard for you to adhere to it and do it long term. So I think some people think with meal prep, it means allocating a day to meal prepping. And for me, I feel like if you're allocating a whole day, whether it be a Saturday, a Sunday, a Friday, whatever it might be, that often means that you're taking away time out of spending with your loved ones or missing out on experiences or, you know, taking a lot, like a big chunk out of your day in order to meal prep. And for some people, that's just not viable. So it's about going, okay, what is going to work for me long-term? So, you know, there are so many different ways to meal prep. You could simply... Just chop all your all of your vegetables that you need for you know your meals, and then at least that's something like that's you're saving time that way because you're chopping up all of your vegetables, or you're chopping up all your protein, and that could be a version of your meal prep. For some people, it could be potentially making a huge batch of like a dinner, and just you know double cooking it like a double batch, and then that could be your lunch for the next day, or that could be your dinner for two days in a row, and then you cook you know the following day so for example you could cook a dinner on monday and then double cook like what you're making on the monday and then that could be your dinner for monday tuesday then you cook something on wednesday double batch it and then it's your dinner for wednesday thursday so that kind of thing you could be the type of person that you know just likes to cook on the fly and again that is completely fine Or you could be the person that likes to allocate time on a Sunday, you know, maybe a Sunday morning and do a massive batch of cooking. Or you could, again, just cook your proteins up. So you might decide to go, you know what, I'm going to boil up a whole heap of eggs and then they're good for snacks. And then you might go, you know what, I'm going to cook up a whole bunch of roasted vegetables So then that could be as part of like that could form part of your salads or part of your dinners. Or you might go, you know what, I'm going to cook up a massive batch of, I don't know, tenderloins. And again, that could be your protein allocation for some of your meals. So there's not one way to do it. There are so many different ways and you really have to figure out what works for you in terms of just keeping to it. And I'd also say in terms of like different meals and stuff, sit there and plan it out. Like I can't stress that enough, like making time to sit and plan out what exactly you're going to be cooking for the week, going to the supermarket, buying all the ingredients you need and having it ready in the fridge to go. Because if you have a plan of attack, it then makes things so much easier. You're not wasting time trying to figure out what you're going to be cooking every single day. And you also have got all the ingredients ready to go. So you're not wasting time going back and forth from the supermarket. So I find that when I meal plan, it just gives me a really good structure for the week. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. And it just creates a lot more ease in the kitchen for me as well. That's such an important point because the preparation side of things is what lets people down. A lot of people just go with the flow and they'll work things out as they go on the day. And that is when you, when you're not prepared, that is when you choose options that are not aligning with your goals and whatever is going to be most convenient, right? Because we're all super busy. We're like you said, if you are ensuring that you've got even parts of your meals already prepped. And I think if we bring it even back to anyone wanting to make any kind of a lifestyle or health change, A lot of the time people will look at wanting to overhaul their whole life, right? So they need to change everything that they're doing. 
Then they start thinking about that. They get, what is it, paralysis by analysis? Yeah. Where they get so overwhelmed because there's so much they need to change all at once that they don't even do anything. And it's the same with meal prep. Instead of thinking about having to cook all of your meals for the full week, like you said, taking one full day to do that, break it down into small little goals. So maybe one week, like you said, you prep your sides. The next week, maybe you can add in a protein source. And it's like habit building, exactly like you were talking about earlier. It's building those habits that are small and that are achievable so you can stick at them consistently in the long term and not feel like it's something that you just can't keep doing because you don't have the time or you don't enjoy it, right? Because like you said, we're all busy and our weekends, if we set aside a time to do our meal prep, that's usually our downtime. Like that's a time we're hanging out with mates and we're, you know, going out to events and you don't really want to be stuck in the kitchen. Now, when it comes to meal prep, I think a lot of people don't quite know what to cook as well. And so I just wanted to hear your point of view on when people are creating a meal, like you're saying they're meal planning as well. What sort of elements should they look at in creating a really well-balanced meal? Yeah, so firstly, in terms of a really well-balanced meal, I always, you know, highly advocate like the plate method because I feel like it really hits in terms of all of macronutrients. So basically, in terms of our macronutrients, protein is going to be the most important source for us to ensure that we're getting enough of. And I know a lot of females typically don't get enough protein in their meals. And it's because protein isn't something that we tend to really crave a lot of. Like we don't wake up in the morning going, gosh, I feel like a bit of chicken breast. Like it's not something that we typically want. So I would always say, make sure you've got your protein sources figured out for the week. So you might go, you know what? I really want to be eating this week some fish. So it might be some salmon, some chicken, some tofu for argument's sake. And then formulate going, okay, what can I make with those protein sources. So really make sure that you are getting enough protein in your meals. From that, you also want to ensure you're getting majority of your meal when looking at it should be non-starchy vegetables. Okay. Cause they're going to aid in your fiber intake. It's going to also aid in terms of ensuring you're getting a lot of your micronutrients into your system. So a lot of like your vitamins, your minerals, that kind of thing. So I always say, typically you want half of your plate or half of your bowl filled with non-starchy vegetables. Now, non-starchy vegetables are things like, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, lettuce, tomatoes, mushrooms, zucchini, eggplant. And those kind of things are very low in calories. And so very high volume food. So you can basically eat them in abundance for very few calories. So I would say majority of your intake, when looking at your plate or bowl, you should definitely see a shitload of those kinds of foods in there. And then obviously you want your, you know, your carbohydrates as well, because carbohydrates are your main energy source. So they are so imperative for us to even be able to think clearer as well. So, you know, I would say always about a quarter of your plate or bowl filled with your carbohydrates and you want them to be low GI carbohydrates. So things like your starchy vegetables. So whether it be pumpkin, whether it be any kinds of potato, parsnip, And then you've got obviously your rice, your pasta, noodles, you know, that kind of thing. And then you want also about a thumb size of your fats. 
So, you know, it could be, you know, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of, I don't know, mayonnaise or oil, nuts, seeds, avocado. So again, that's going to help in terms of keeping you nice and full as well. It's so important for our fats in terms of our, you know, hormone development and that kind of thing. So that's pretty much how I would formulate and how I, you know, really encourage people to eat. But I also say, keep your food nice and interesting and, you know, flavor it up. Like life is too short to have bland food. So just ensure that you're really flavoring your meal. So it is actually quite enjoyable for you to be eating. So, you know, like don't be afraid to use sauces. Don't be afraid to use different kinds of spices. Like herb mint is my thing. Like I love it. Mingle seasoning is absolutely amazing. Nutritional yeast is phenomenal. You know, tamari sauce is like a soy sauce, but it's just got less sodium in it. So that's really great to flavor your foods even things like salsas like salsas that come in a jar like for your nachos and stuff like that they're phenomenal they're really great in terms of calories you know there's so like passata sauce there are so many different ways in which you can really flavor your foods and another little tip sorry i'm rambling here this is another little tip i would say is look at the foods you really enjoy to eat so if you really enjoy to eat pizza for argument's sake just make pizza, like have pizza, but you might choose to include on your pizza toppings a lot of like beautiful vegetables. So you might include like, you know, your spinach, your mushrooms, maybe some roasted pumpkin or roasted potatoes. You know, you might include some zucchini, like you can really hit your vegetable quota and your protein quota by, you know, putting that on your toppings. You know, so try and think of foods you enjoy and try and flip it and go, how can I make it a little bit more nutritious for me? And I think that's really important. So again, you just really enjoy the process. You enjoy eating because God, like food is life at the end of the day. So you want to be able to enjoy it. I love what you said about thinking about what you enjoy already, because the girls that I work with will always be like, you know, what should I eat? And it's like looking at what you're currently eating and then making some small adjustments can actually just really make the world of difference. Also with mums, I think they feel like when they're wanting to, you know, either like lose weight or just get healthier and have more veggies, it's not about having to cook separate meals as well, because I think a lot of them do get worried about that that in order for them to see results, they need to also, they need to cook a separate meal for themselves and then for the family. Where once you're educated on portion sizes and what makes a meal healthy and balanced, then majority of your meals that you cook that are staples can be can be very healthy. You know, you think about certain curries, like if you just add like a bag of even frozen veggies in, Happy days. You've got like two or three serves of veggies in that one meal. You have a protein source in that curry. You know, things like switching out the cream for Greek yogurt, you know, if you're doing an Indian curry, like little tips like that. You know, you have serve it with rice or you could serve it with spud light potatoes or cauliflower rice. So it's about looking, like you said, at what you enjoy and then how can you adjust things to be able to get to your goals and it doesn't need to be this bland boring meal to see results because you can actually include all foods into your diet and I know that you're a big believer in this we talk about flexible dieting and including all of the foods but in the right portions into our daily diet and you can see results oh my gosh yes like 
there's no foods that is the problem. Like a lot of people go, oh, but I have to eliminate pasta or I can't have bread or I can't have chocolate or I can't have, you know, whatever it is. And we sit, then we demonize food and there's no reason why we need to demonize food. At the end of the day, food is food and food is fuel. And yes, there are going to be some foods that are going to be more nutritious than others, but that doesn't mean that you can't include all foods in your diet. Because at the end of the day, it's not the food that is the problem. It's our portions because sometimes we can overdo it. But if you go back to like the basics of going, okay, you know, I have to ensure that I've got like half of my plate or bowl full of vegetables, then I've got my protein, then I've got my carbs, then I've got my fats. And like you said, you might do some food swaps here or there. Like the other day I made chicken pies and I did exactly what you just said. Like instead of putting in cream, I just substituted cream for Greek yogurt and it just eliminates a lot of calories that way. You know, so there are definitely ways in which you can just switch, you know, in terms of like pizza bases, like I always have cauliflower pizza bases. Now the cauliflower pizza bases that I get have 30% cauliflower within the base. And that's, again, just another way to, at least with my boys, they love those pizza bases and they have no idea that 30% of those pizza bases are full of cauliflower, you know? So it's just about going, okay, what can I do just to make it a little bit more nutritious? If you want a massive bowl of pasta, what you might do instead is go, okay, I'm going to have half the pasta that I would usually have, but then I'm going to add in some high protein pasta to it. So you're still going to have your usual pasta in there, but you're mixing it with some higher protein pasta. So again, you're boosting up that protein intake. You're decreasing the calories a little bit because your portions are smaller of the actual pasta. So you're still able to eat how you would enjoy, but you're just making some little alterations here or there that are going to benefit you in the long run in terms of you achieving and adhering to your goals. Yes, I love that. And I think there's something very important about including those kinds of foods that you do enjoy into your diet, because once you cut them out, you are you're labeling that food as off limits. And when we think things are off limits, we want them more. And there's only so far you can go eating quote unquote good foods, right? Before you start to crave those bad foods that you love and that you enjoy. So like you said, back to portion sizes, including those foods into your daily diet, but understanding the amount and the amount that you should be consuming that will help you get to whatever goal that you've got set for yourself. And then also really just making those smart swaps where you really sometimes like with the pizza bases, I've had those cauliflower ones as well. And I, they're from Woolies. They're the ones you're talking about. Yeah. 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 They're great. You wouldn't know, like if you were just to have a normal pizza base and then have the cauliflower one, like there is no real difference in the taste, right? So no. it's not a complete change. You're just making a slight change, which is actually really benefiting your health without you really being that aware of it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I always say to my ladies, like 80, 20 rule, like 80% really good nutritious food and 20% your soul foods. And I highly, highly encourage my ladies to have that 20% of soul foods every single day, because if you're allowing yourself to have those soul foods every single day, you're not going to feel deprived. You're not going to feel like you're missing out at all. And then when it comes to the weekend, when we're a little bit more relaxed, you're not going to go out and binge and go crazy because you know every single day you can have those soul foods into your diet and not have that sense of guilt or worry associated with them. So I highly, highly recommend just 
yeah, trying to allow yourself to have those foods that you really enjoy. And if you struggle with the portions of those foods, what I always suggest is maybe getting portioned out products of those soul foods. So you might go, okay, I'm going to get a paddle pop that's already portioned out for you. And you can enjoy that ice cream because it's already portioned out. You don't have to worry about, you know, if you're overloading your bowl of ice cream with scoop upon scoop upon scoop, because it's already portioned out for you. So that's that. Or if you really love chocolate, you might get like, you know, a packet of like fun size chocolates. And then you might allow yourself to have one of those every single day without after dinner as your dessert. Or you might, I don't know, like there are so many different things. You might get, I don't know, a Chobani flip and say, you know what, this is my dessert because they taste delicious, actually. High protein. And again, it's portioned out for you. So you can go, yep, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to enjoy this. Or you might have, I don't know, a crumpet. And it's already, it's portioned out for you. It's just one crumpet. And then you might, you know, put like some, I don't know, whatever it might be on top that you really, really like. Like I love the cacao spread, you know. So sometimes it helps if you have things that are portioned out for you because then it eliminates the overeating factor. Yeah, it makes life so much easier, doesn't it? So to finish up this podcast episode, Stacey, can you give us your top three tips on how to start meal prepping? So if we've got someone who is really confused and doesn't know where to start, but wants to start thinking about, say, prepping some meals for the week ahead, what would be your top three tips for them? I would say, firstly, figure out, do a meal plan. So plan out what you want to be consuming for the week because then it gives you that structure and it gives you that, you know, you're in that thinking mode of going, okay, you know, what am I going to be cooking for the whole week? And it gives you a really good understanding of what you need to go and purchase from the supermarket. I would secondly say, figure out your protein source, because like I said before, protein is so important. So what proteins do you want to be consuming for the week? And, you know, sometimes if you're just having chicken for argument's sake, you might get sick and tired of eating the same protein. So I would definitely say, try and mix it up wherever you can. You might have two or three different protein sources for the week just to help, you know, in terms of keeping it nice and interesting for you so you don't get bored eating the same things. And then I would secondly say, oh, sorry, thirdly say, figure out again, you know, just in terms of your vegetable intake, like what veggies are you going to be, you know, making up your, yeah, what kind of vegetables do you want to be consuming? And what I would highly recommend also is making sure they're full of different colors. Like you want to be looking at your plate and it's just full of beautiful different colors, like a rainbow style plate or bowl, just because then it's just ensuring that you are getting a lot of different vitamins in your system. So just keep it really basic. Like I think sometimes we overcomplicate things and we're like, oh my gosh, I have to make this, I have to make that, I have to make that. Just keep it nice and simple. And you know what, for the first week of meal prepping, you might just go, you know what, I'm going to start with cooking for like two days. And then so you might go, I'm going to cook on Sunday for Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday will come and then you might cook again for Thursday, Friday and the weekend, just let it be a little bit more relaxed where you can just enjoy whether you're going out with your family or friends, whatever it might be, but try not to overcomplicate it. They are three fantastic points. Thank you so much, Stacey. Can you let us know where we can find you if anyone's wanting to inquire about your program or just watch all the incredible little videos you make on your Instagram page for both kids and for adults as well. You have some incredible recipes. So let us know where we can find you. 
Yeah. So it's just on Instagram at Stacy underscore Lapira underscore Mummy Revivals. That's pretty much where I'm at most of the time. So if you have any questions, please just send me a DM and I'll definitely be happy to answer them. And I'll link all of those. I'll link your Instagram account as well in the show notes of this episode too. Thank you so much again, Stacey. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks. And that is a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy it, please share it with a friend, uh, rate and review this podcast and make sure to subscribe or to hit that follow button if you are using Spotify so that you're notified of any new podcasts that I have popping up. I like to release them once per week on a Thursday. Anyway, I am off guys. Have a fantastic week. Coach Tash. Mm -hmm.